joint superintendent as she talks about revival in the tribulation. Blessings abound, my brother and sister. This is Superintendent Janice Battersby of Shekinah Worship Center International Ministries, Shekinah Worship Center Bermuda, greeting you one more time for another installment of Insights with Sue. And I bring greetings from our pastor, Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman. I'm happy to bring you another portion of this great series, this fun series, this really, really important series, I think, where we delve into the book of Revelation through the study, Escape the Coming Night with Dr. David Jeremiah. It's been a wonderful study. So just to give you a small bite-sized portion of the lessons that we're studying, just to share with you some information that maybe would whet your appetite for actually reading the book of Revelation for yourself. Now we're going through some really, really unprecedented times. And what we're realizing as we read through this book is how the world is actually catching up to the Bible. If you really, really want to know. There's so much in the book of Revelation that ties into the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, which actually show us where we're at right now today. If you pick up a newspaper and you read the stories, you can see where they're setting the stage for what's in the book of Revelation. It's really, really exciting. The book of Revelation is a book that is so mysterious to many people and even scary that they don't even want to read it. But when you actually do a series like this, where Dr. Jeremiah takes us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Revelation and gives clear explanation of what we're reading, what an understanding that comes. And actually that fear turns into excitement, anticipation, even joy, knowing that the signs, what we're seeing now, all point to the soon return of Jesus Christ to take his church, his body to heaven, to be with him. And I'm excited about that. What I'm gonna do is share with you from one of the lessons that we've done, lesson number 18. There's 43 lessons in this series, and we're almost halfway through. So this is lesson number 18, and it's called Revival in the Tribulation. If I was to review everything we've done from start to finish, this would no longer be a bite-sized portion. So I'm going to encourage you to download the podcast which you will find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And it's the under the heading, Real Knows Real. And you can find not only these insights, but you can find all sorts of other teachings and preachings that we have done at Shekinah Worship Center. And really get a, a full meal of the word. Just very, very briefly, the book of Revelation written by John the Apostle, one of Jesus' disciples. It wasn't John the Baptist, it was John the Apostle. And he was put in prison on the Isle of Patmos, the Greek Isle. He was put there because Rome didn't like him preaching about another king, another kingdom. And while he was on the Isle of Patmos, he received a vision from the Lord, which is where we get what we call the book of Revelation. It's a warning to the people of God to sort themselves out before judgment comes. And then we get to see what the judgment is, which as we say, are the end times, the end of time as we know it, before we go into eternity, 
either with the Lord or in hell. We're taking it really, really slowly because there is so much symbolism there, so much to understand. But once you get through it, you can see the world so clearly through the eyes of God. And so John has brought us through the visions of Christ. He's sent out messages to the churches in his area. And this is all the Lord speaking through John, giving them warnings that even though they were doing good churchy things, there were some characteristics about them that would really negate everything that they had done. And they had to get it right before the Lord came and removed their ministry. And I may touch on it in this study is that God has a pattern. Before judgment, there's warning. But anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we're going to take this slowly. The scripture reference that goes along with this lesson is Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. And I'm actually going to read it because it's pretty significant. So I'm going to take my time and read this to you. Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. I will be using the New King James Version. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth, the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. And here ends the reading of God's word thus far. And so we have this reading and now just a quick, like I said, bite-sized portion of this lesson. So what we're understanding is that there are four angels that are holding back the winds that will come to harm the earth. There will be harm, not total destruction, but there will be a pouring out of God's judgment upon the earth. But prior to that, there's another angel who rises up, who has power and authority. And we learn that there are those that say that that is Christ. And what he is saying to the angels is, hold up. Don't do anything yet. We've got to go down and seal some people. We have to mark some people to serve. And we don't want them to be damaged, injured, killed by this judgment that, that is about to be poured out. See, what we have to understand is that there are three categories of judgments 
that will happen. The seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the vile judgments. The seals are what is closing up a scroll or book, as it were. Actually, these represent, the scroll represents the will of God. And each one of these seals is like how they used to close up envelopes back in the, the old days with wax, hot wax that they would pour on and it would harden and it would close, it would seal an envelope, it would seal a document. And you would have to break that seal in order to open it. And what we learned through Dr. Jeremiah's teachings is that there are different seals at different times throughout this scroll. The angels are opening up each one of these seals and out comes a judgment. And we learned about the first five judgments so far. There are seven seals on this scroll. And we've read about the sixth seal, which is prior to the opening of the seventh seal, which is going to pour out the trumpet judgments and then the vile judgments. But before the seventh seal is open, we are at a parenthetical pause between the sixth seal, which we learned was the great earthquakes and the shaking of the earth. And then the seventh seal, there's a pause. And what we've learned is that with the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the vile judgments, there are seven of each. And prior to that seventh judgment, there's a pause. And there is mercy and grace that's poured out. And we're gonna, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. However, this angel is saying before you pour out this next judgment, there has to be a sealing up of people who are going to go out and do God's work. And so this is where he says, do not harm the earth, the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. The servants of God, even there during the tribulation, there will be people who will be working on God's behalf. The rapture has happened. The dead in Christ have risen and have left the earth. Now we're in the tribulation period. We've read about wars and famine and pestilences and death and stars falling from the sky and earthquakes and all manner of upheaval going on. If you think that coronavirus has turned the world upside down, it has nothing on what is coming. And you don't want to be here for that. You want to be one of those dead in Christ or those who are alive and remain and are caught up. You want to be caught up out of the mess that is coming. And this whole pandemic that we're going through right now is just a shadow of what is coming. You don't like how things are going now. You don't want to be around for this time. And so there are going to be the servants of the Lord who will be going out and evangelizing during that time. See, God had a special relationship with the Jews. If you read back in the Old Testament, God had a special relationship with Abraham. And descended from Abraham came the Jewish nation. God covenanted with Abraham that the Jews would be his special people. And as you read through the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a microcosm of the relationship that God had with the Jews, with Israel. 
And as we've seen and learned throughout history, the Israelites have been so abused and attacked and the attempts to destroy them and wipe them off the face of the earth. And it's still going on today, even as I record this particular segment. There's a Palestinian and Israeli conflict going on in the Middle East. It's nothing new. It's been going on for thousands of years. But God saw all of this coming. But still, he has his relationship. He covenanted with Abraham. God doesn't forget his promises. No. God is not a man that he should lie or repent. God will not forget his covenant with Abraham. And so what we have here is a time where the Jews did not as a whole, except Christ as the Messiah when he first came. You know, we celebrate when he was born and he came to the earth and he began his ministry at 30 years old. And when he was 33 years old, he was crucified. He was turned over by the Jews to Rome to crucify him because they did not accept that he was the Messiah. Once the rapture takes place, the world is going to say, huh, wait a minute. Maybe all that stuff that they were talking about for those thousands of years was true, including the Jews. They're going to have an opportunity to catch hold of that which they missed. Now, there are 144,000 that are going to be evangelizing during that time because along with the Jews, there are going to be others. There's 7 billion people on this earth. There are going to be others who have not yet heard the gospel or accepted Christ. And these Jewish evangelists are going to be going out and witnessing. Now, the question that was asked was, what is the seal? Now, we don't really, really know what the seal is, because again, the angel said, don't hurt the seal of the trees until we've sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. Well, we don't really know what that seal is going to be. Now, beautiful part is what Dr. Jeremiah showed us is that sealing up people prior to judgment is nothing new. God has done this in the past. When at the time of the flood, God sealed up Noah and his family. Could have been more. Noah preached for the whole time that he was building the ark. But in the end, it was only him and his family that went into the ark and were sealed up. That God shut him in, the Bible says. And they were the ones that survived the judgment of water. Rahab, Rahab, who was a prostitute in Jericho, because she hid servants of God, spies, as it were, from the authorities of Jericho. And she obediently put a mark on her house when God's people and Joshua came and attacked Jericho. She was saved. She was sealed up from that judgment of the destruction of Jericho. If 10 righteous people had been found in the city of Sodom, Sodom would have been saved. You know the story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities. Abraham's nephew Lot lived in Sodom. And when God told Abraham that he was going down to Sodom to see if all the wickedness he had heard about was true and gonna destroy it, Abraham bartered with God. And God got down to saying, okay, if 10 people are righteous in that city, I won't destroy it. As it turned out, 
The only people that escaped with their lives was Lot and his two daughters. Lot's wife left, but she turned and looked back. Now, as we have come to understand, Lot sat in the gate of the city. That term means that he had some political clout in the city of Sodom. And if he had political clout, the wife was probably pretty well off too. And maybe she was looking back. I'm just speculating. Maybe she was looking back at what she was leaving, longing to go back because her husband was a politician. And hey, I'll leave it right there. But if you know the Old Testament, she was turned into a pillar of salt. So the only ones who escaped there was Lot and his daughters. They were warned. Lot was warned before judgment. And only he and his daughters escaped with their lives. So God has a way of warning about judgment, about sealing up those who believe before judgment is poured out. Now, each of them escaped. They went through the judgment, but they escaped. They got out. These 144,000 evangelists will go through the tribulation, but they're going to have some type of seal of God where they will not be harmed or killed while they evangelize. As we've said before, Satan cannot create. He imitates. I, I would like to know, especially on, in this Western Hemisphere, who has not heard of 666, the mark of the beast, that the book of Revelation tells us that Satan is going to have his mark. If God is going to mark his, Satan is going to mark his. And we've learned that, of course, people will not be able to buy or sell without this mark. We see that system the infant stages, the conditioning happening right now. Do we not? There's a, a vaccine and there's fear of death and spreading this disease. And so now there's talk and more talk about the mandatory showing that you've been vaccinated. It's, it's, it's leading down, in my opinion, to countries uh, mandating that people get vaccinated. That's going to be very interesting. But you're seeing that happening. If you walk into a store without a mask, that's breaking the law now. It is law. And so you're seeing this, this, this marking of individuals. And even, even in this lesson, it was shared a TikTok of employees who are now getting chipped in their hands, putting these microchips in, and this is the thing is Satan will have this, this, this mark of the beast, which will either go on the forehead or on the, the right hand. I'm not saying that what they're doing right now is the mark of the beast, but it's sure setting up for it, isn't it? This is what I'm saying. The world is catching up to the Bible. It's undeniable. It has been foretold thousands of years ago. When are people going to listen? So Jesus has said to spare these uh, 144,000. Now, we don't know what the mark is. Dr. Jeremiah speaks about it could be even not just a physical mark, but a moral badge. And we learn later the characteristics of these evangelists and their moral character. Moral as according to God's word, not moral as according to the world. Because the scriptures tell us that in the last days, man will call evil good and good evil. We see that happening too, in accordance with God's word. That's our standard. Now, we also examined 
who are sealed. And briefly, what we learned is that we've heard of this number 144,000 quite often, particularly in my age group, mid-50s. Growing up, you heard this number quite often. And we understand that this 144,000 is not the church, the body of Christ. Why? Because they were taken out at the rapture. So they've already been removed from the earth. We learn that they're not the seven-day Adventists because, as I just read, the tribes of Israel are named. 12,000 from 12 tribes equals 144,000. And each of those tribes is named. The Bible tells you where this 144,000 comes from. So you can't claim to be part of the 144,000 unless you are from the tribes of Israel, Jews. They're not the Jehovah's Witnesses, because I know for me, growing up and hearing that number, 144,000, we were told by Jehovah's Witnesses that they would be Jehovah's Witnesses and 144,000. The problem is, is that there are more than 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. So unless they're Jews... And what about those outside of that number? So our understanding is now that the doctrine has changed and that 144,000 are the uh, overcomers. Those that work, they will be promoted to that 144,000. I'm going to believe that these are 144,000 Jews, like it says in the scriptures. And so the list is given as to the tribes that they come from. Now, interestingly enough, Dr. Jeremiah teaches us that there were 29 lists in the Bible, and none of them or very few of them are actually the same. It's still 12, but they're different names. Joseph had two sons outside of his brothers. So names are interchanged. Not exactly sure why. However, in Revelation 7, this is the list that is given for the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Now, why are they sealed? They're sealed, number one, for protection. Zechariah suggests that two-thirds of the Jews alive during the tribulation will be killed. However, these Jewish evangelists are going to be sealed from being killed. They're carrying the word of God to the Jews, to those who do not know, have not heard the gospel, those who have not had the opportunity to accept Christ. God's word will get out. His will will be done. And these 144,000 evangelists will be sealed and will be protected. Kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace in the Old Testament. They went into the fiery furnace, which was lit seven times hotter than normal. They came out and not even the smell of smoke was on their clothes. God will protect whoever he wants to protect. They were sealed for power. They will be empowered to preach the gospel. They will have such an excitement and a zeal. We talked about that in our lesson When we all get together, the excitement that happens. I was even sharing how exhausted I get after teaching, after facilitating the lessons. The next morning, I am wounded. 
but it's an excitement that takes place. The Holy Spirit just does something. Thank God we get a new body because these bodies aren't going to be able to hold it. We're not going to be able to stand it. We're not going to be able to, to just be under all that glory. Our bodies are dying as it is. And so thank you, Lord, for the new bodies that we're going to get. We're going to need them. The Holy Spirit just does something to you. It's like, like Jeremiah says, it's like fire shut up in my bones. It's got to get out. And these evangelists are going to get the word out. And then they are sealed for promise. They are sealed because Jesus said he is coming back. And there are going to be those who will choose him. These Jewish evangelists are going to ensure that there are those that are ready for the return of Christ when he comes to rule and to reign in the millennium. God is going to empower them to share this gospel. The final point that Dr. Jeremiah shared with us was that even in judgment, God is merciful. Before he pours out that seventh judgment, before that seventh seal is opened, which will release seven trumpet judgments and then seven vile judgments, God is still giving opportunity for salvation. God is an amazing God. And, you know, you have people who just mock him. And even the scriptures even said that that would happen. People are just obeying the, the word of God, whether they want to or not. But there are those who mock God, who say, look, this Bible, you all have been saying this for thousands of years, and he still isn't here. Do you know that a thousand years is like a day to the Lord? Our lifetime is nothing. Psalms tells us that our life is like a vapor. So to us, it may seem like a long time. To God, who is limitless, he is timeless. It's nothing. So we invite you to take this seriously. If you're hearing this, God is giving you a warning before he pours out judgment. And somewhere within your heart, you can feel it. I invite you to send us an email, swim at logic.bm, and have a conversation. Have a conversation with our pastor. Have a conversation with me. There are elders, there are deacons, there are senior leadership. There are those who can have a conversation with you and lead you in the sinner's prayer and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart and to show you the way to eternal life through Jesus Christ. It can happen. And we're ready to help you to make that step. And then, we're a Bible reading, Bible teaching, Bible believing church. And we're ready to help you to read through the Bible, to get to the book of Revelation, and to get the excitement out of it that you deserve. So send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you. So thanks for listening to another segment of Insights with Sue. It was my pleasure and my honor. Blessings about.